Any sort of strain on a family can be incredibly difficult. Now put those strains into the middle of a zombie pandemic, and you have yourself a story of struggle that is going to be busting at the seams. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I speak with Brandon about his and his writing partner, Alan's comic, Avalon. Meet the Castle family, as they struggle to come to grips with each other as the world falls apart around them. We talk about family dynamics, horror, and the zombie genre. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am incredibly excited to be joined by another comic creator who is one part of a team making a very cool comic. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. Thank you for having me. So we're going to get into what your project is very soon, but I got to say, like, I'm super pumped for it. I was really happy to see that you guys funded and oh, just yep. like, I'm, I'm so excited. So listeners, when you are hearing this, uh, Avalon, as you will know, Avalon number two has already funded. So get excited because that means that you'll be able to ensure that you get to get your hands on this product. It's, it's looking amazing. I love the style and I'm very excited to read both part one and part two of, well, what you got so far. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm excited to get it in a physical form, too. Nothing was more exciting when, when we did the original Kickstarter for issue one uh, earlier this year. When we when we finally when we funded that, we finally got issue one in hand. It was it was it was awesome. You know, seeing it digital form is cool. Awesome. And all the time you got this thing, it's coming to life. But when you there's just something about it when you get it in hand, it, it just it just it's just an awesome experience. It's it's, it's almost like a an accomplishment it feels like you know give yourself a pat on the back it's here it's it's, it's just a nice weird exciting feeling that you get for sure it's probably a little surreal too eh oh yeah it, definitely you know especially for issue one when you get that first issue out of the way uh it definitely is surreal it, it, it's we you know this team that you know we kind of got together and we're all putting in hard work we're all doing our part and then you finally get it in, for, in hand it's it's an awesome feeling it really is and we're going to dive into that a little bit more very soon but brandon before we really get into it can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself yeah um so my name is brandon staraki i am the creator slash writer of avalon um i for as long as i can remember uh i've been a big movie guy all that stuff i'm a big movie i'm a big zombie genre guy in itself um I've always had a creative kind of mindset. Uh, way back when I was like in high school, it's kind of like when this Avalon, before it was Avalon, kind of came into mind. I've had a bunch of ideas that I kind of wrote down and all that stuff. So I, I've always had that kind of creative mentality. Uh, as I got older and met Alan and all that stuff, it, I really started putting those into action rather than just thinking creatively. And he helped me uh, kind of do that where I have these creative thoughts and I want now he, he's helping me put them in the action kind of like I mentioned. So with yeah. all that being said, it, it's finally happening. I've, I've always had a dream of being like in, uh, a director in Hollywood and all that stuff. So this is another step towards that kind of goal that I've had way back in high school to kind of get there. And basically those are just little things about me that kind of lead me into this project that I'm working on right now. It's super exciting to like, you you guys have like little bios on your Kickstarter and like t just to get to know you two a little bit about your 
work ethic and your inspirations and such. But I know he's not here. Can you tell me a little bit about Alan too, just so people kind of know the other half of this this writing team? Yeah. Um, so Alan, he again, um, it's kind of similar with me in the creative mindset. He he had projects that he worked on in the past uh, before we met. Um, he kind of st- real life happened, and then you kind of have to get you know your your job, and then kind of deal with bills and all that stuff. So that kind of got put on hold for a while, and then finally we met each other. So then that kind of re sparked the fire for him. And uh, he, he's somebody, as it's uh, mentioned in the Kickstarter, he's somebody who loves music and all that stuff. So that, that's a real drive for him. But having those experiences that he's had in the past, it was very easy for him to kind of, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say very easy, but he, he knew kind of the, the, the road and what was expected of a creating, of a creator and all that stuff to kind of those mm-hmm. obstacles that you had to go through. So that was very helpful for me to kind of know that and to ha- or have him know that and then kind of tell me and how to guide me through that to get me here today and continue continuously learn from him as time goes on. And then from others as well, that when this project uh, and I talk to more and more people, knowing more people, it helps me learn more and more. I like to be as much as a sponge as I can and kind of take all experience (laughs) around me. Yeah, I, I can definitely tell that too. You've done a number of interviews to talk about Avalon. Uh, Once again, listeners down in the show description, after you finish this episode, there is a link to the Kickstarter. Make sure that you go and check out some of the other episodes for this because they are also chock full of really good content with some people who are a lot more knowledgeable about comics than I am. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like really well done. Some of the questions asked are absolutely phenomenal. So working out questions that wouldn't double up, definitely, uh, definitely something I had to aim to do. Brandon, if you don't mind me asking before we really get into what Avalon is, can you tell me, uh, cause you've mentioned it a couple times, but how did you and Alan meet and start working on Avalon? So we met in a program way back then, uh, that we both were involved in and all that stuff. So as we kind of did that, we kind of grew a bond with each other. We became friends. So after all that was th- all that time together, and then we started working together and after the, uh, working together more and then we really started at work starting hey we both have these similar things we we want to do this i've done this he's done this in the past so putting those thoughts together and like okay let's do our own thing you know let's do our mm-hmm. own thing and and that's where the 1282 productions kind of comes into play where you see that on the cover of avalon you'll see it in the top left uh yeah. the 1282 logo that's our brand that's our production label that we're really trying to push forward alongside with Avalon and the, and the project that's kind of under the radar right now that he's working on. It's not public right now. Okay. So it's it just, it's just a nice thing to kind of like evolve and kind of move forward and do everything that we want to do because, and, and we're, and we're very patient individuals as well. We're not, we're not expecting anything crazy to happen here at, at, a, at a snap of a finger. We're very patient. We know it's going to take a little bit. We're very confident with our, our ideas and what we got going for us. Uh, and we're very excited as well. That's most important too. We're very excited to kind of show everybody what we've been working on and all the hard work we've been putting into all this stuff. It's 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 very exciting. It's very cool. I cannot wait until uh, all this stuff starts to kind of go downhill or not downhill, snowball, <laughs> not go, go, go downhill and it's just scratch and done. No, but it starts to start moving and start go yeah. taking the path it's supposed to be taken, and then everybody gets to see what we've been working on. And that, that's the best thing when other people see it and then they actually like it, you know, puts a smile on people's faces. That's the reason why we yeah. do it. That's so good. I love, 
and I told you this before too, when we were kind of talking before this, I love content creators who are so excited about their project. It is my favorite thing to see and hear just like the amount of enthusiasm that you guys have for Avalon is like straight up palpable. And I could tell that coming into this. So I'm so excited we can be talking about it, but we've been skirting around it for a little bit now. So <laughs> can you tell the audience what Avalon is? Okay. So Avalon it's so it, in the story of Avalon, basically you're going to experience uh, a new pandemic. It's going to be in the zombie kind of genre. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to get your traditional zombies. So it, and, and I can't explain too much about w- what our zombies are going to be. Mm-hmm. That's going to be illustrated through the story as time goes on. It's it, there's going to be, there's going to be traditional values that we hold uh, in our, in our zombies. I guess I'm going to put, you know, the bunny ears around yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, um, there's also going to be a unique touch that we kind of got as well. So basically with that being said, you know, we're jumping to this new pandemic. You're following this story through the eyes of the castle family. Um, and it basically you're going to, you're going to find out early on that life before the apocalypse was hard enough for, him. you know, you're not, it, it wasn't, it's not this very happy family. Everything's going well. Everything's great. You know, you're kind of getting started off early on that something's wrong with this family. There's, you know, there's these splinters in their relationship you're going to start finding that out as the story progresses as well, uh, issue to issue. But then, so now when you hit them, you know, you punch them in the face with the pandemic, you got to confront those issues head on. You can't, there's no ignoring your family for a month at a time or whatever. And then finally going to a birthday party and then hashing it out or whatever it might be. You got to, you got to hash it out now on top of a pandemic that's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. So as the story goes on, you're going to understand the fractured bond between the three brothers and all that stuff. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a new way, newish way. There's going to be new things in this story that you haven't seen in the zombie genre. And like I've said in the in past interviews, though, is I've I've watched a lot of zombie genre post apocalyptic kind of stories, and every single time I, I've I've enjoyed a, uh, a lot of them, but I feel like there's always been this one little thing that's been missing in each one of them, or a couple little things that's been missing. So I've taken those and I've applied it into Avalon. And we're really going to illustrate that as, as time goes on and all those little things that I thought were missing. And that's what I think that makes Avalon so great are those little things that were missing in the past stories. Cause a lot of those are great, but it just, it just didn't get pushed over the cliff because they're missing this one, these couple elements that are going to be put into Avalon. I think I, I don't remember if I read it or if I heard it in one of the other interviews, but I heard that one of the things that you really like is the survivalist element of Mm -hmm. these sorts of stories. And I know for myself, at least the walking dead, specifically Robert Kirkman's comic, the realism in that, especially compared to the show at times. um, Yeah. Yeah. Really drew me into that. So I'm guessing that between that, and I know that you also have a love for Tarantino, that's going to kind of, bring itself into this story as well, isn't it? So, yeah, you are paying attention to me. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> the Tarantino thing... For, yeah, right. <laughs> the Tarantino thing, for sure, I, I love all of his project. I love his writing process, all that stuff, the realism he brings to his characters. It just... And, and, and the entertainment that he brings into his characters. He has so mm-hmm. much uh, love and dedication to his characters, and that's something that I try to bring into Avalon's uh, characters and with Robert Kirkman, you have you have to 
And you, I mean, if you're in love with the genre, you have to love the Walking Dead comics. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like there's very little people that are in love with this genre that do not. There's no way. I, I've never met anybody like that. It's just he did such a phenomenal job, the survival aspect of it all. And of course, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the survival aspect. It, it always back then, I always had the that question, that dawning question of what would I do in, in this kind of apocalypse? And obviously that influenced Avalon as well in, in certain ways. But it, it always, I feel like it's just a, it's a nice question to ask yourself, especially when you're into the genre. Like, what, what would you personally do? Like, what would happen? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he has a lot of influence alongside with Quentin Tarantino, for sure. One of the things you had mentioned a little bit earlier is that this is kind of the story of a broken family, or at least a strained family, I should say. Not broken, but strained. Can you tell us just a little bit about the Castle Brothers, who they are, and maybe just like a a point or two about each of their like personalities or how audiences might identify with each of the brothers. Yeah, uh, so first and foremost, well, I'll start with Andy. Uh, Andy is the oldest brother. He is a law enforcement officer that you will uh, you will meet in issue one. Um, he's, you know, you could tell, you know, a very a very basic thing. You could tell that he's feeling bad for something that has that he's done and and it's kind of it's kind of showing an issue one we're not giving you a lot of answers for what it is but you can tell by reading it something something happened and, and he's feeling bad about it and and his partner miller is trying to kind of get him out of that funk and all that stuff so so you, you'll see you'll, you could see that with andy that's eating him alive so it's just with that that dawning feeling and all that stuff so he's trying to build that relationship back with his other two brothers which i'll start with with the next one i'll go with was ty which is the middle brother uh ty uh, he's trying he's trying to fill this role that he can't fill you know he's 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 an uplifter uh character he's trying to be this character or this he's trying to like i said he's trying to fill this role that he can't fill and that's something that he's going to be struggling with going forward that we kind of show and you'll see that in issue one going forward and with mason the youngest brother uh, issue one, it kind of it starts off with his birthday. Actually, he just turned sixteen in issue one, so happy birthday to Mason! But uh, <laughs> so uh, he he's dealing with a lot himself. He's dealing with a lot of uh, social anxiety, just ra- regular anxiety. You know, he's kind of trapped in himself. He doesn't. He's he. Uh, it's hard for him to just do anything. He he feels like he's trapped, and he needs he needs. There's a there's a bunch of brick walls around him that he can't break, and and that's something that you're going to see Mason deal with. Uh, going forward and i feel like with mason's character it's going to be it's going to relate to a lot of average people like who dealt with for instance for, with covid with covid yeah. it, it actually helped me understand a lot of this stuff is possible a lot of what people can do and will do what can happen and will happen in these kind of situations and now you add like a zombie apocalypse on top of it not just covid it's you you, you can't even be surprised what what we write anymore because it's you could you saw it all over the news how people acted. So I think Mason's going to be a relatable character for a lot of people, uh, like the average person and all that stuff, not the hero people. You're going to, you know, anxiety built in. You, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He's confused. He's lost. And that's going to be relatable for a lot of average people out there. It's interesting with him, too, because based on art and the other pieces of media that have been shown about the three brothers there, he and what you said there he's 16 he's the youngest brother he's kind of unlike the the other two 
hasn't had a chance to find out who he is or explore what he's good at. So seeing that relationship between, first of all, the issues between his brothers and him, on top of the fact that now we're dealing with like an infection outbreak, it, it's right. going to be interesting to see the character growth of him specifically. I think. Right, exactly. And and I'm actually excited to even kind of write that with him. And, and, and it has been exciting because um, we're about um, six issues in, done. I've been working on the second arc, uh, the structure and actually the detail part. So I've been working on the issues themselves. But so I know what I want to do with the second arc. But uh, I've been working on it. And it, it's, it's actually nice to kind of know where I kind of want him to go and kind of have him go through these little things and all that stuff for, for actually all the characters. So it's just with him too. I think it's a very relatable character for people that Mason's going to be. And it, it's not, it's sure. Some people might can find it annoying for sure, but it's, it's definitely the realist kind of character for the average person in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not going to be drawn out. He's, he's going to have to go through a lot of things and he's going to have to, obviously step up or you know or not you know so you're gonna see <laughs> in this, this story that we have late listed out or lit or put out how he kind of grows and how he deals with things if he can deal with them yeah i was gonna say because that's it's a it's a big world all of a sudden oh yeah yep on top of this creation process and coming into the apocalypse some of the things that inspired you to create this this is very outwardly just very openly kind of the action survival horror going on what drew you to writing avalon in well i guess avalon can only really be called like told in this genre <laughs> but yeah what, what drew you to the the horror genre then like what drew me into like this, like the horror zombie genre and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it was just, it was just the absolute love for zombie genre in itself. I, I was a big walking dead show person. You know, I, mm-hmm. I basically almost grew up with it cause I'm 25 now. So t- 11, 12 years of my life of my yeah. older life, it, it started, you know, <laughs> I still watch it to this day. It just, uh, it, it's been a part of me, you know, and I've always loved the show. And then I've, like I said, I've always loved the genre. I've, I've watched things like 30 days of night, Stakeland, you know, and, uh, Dawn of the Dead's obviously all those zombie movies. So it's just like, it's been setting. I, I love the genre and, and I've always had that question. Like I've mentioned, uh, what would I do what in the situation? Yep. So yeah. I, it, it was just constantly asking that question. And then, and then now I can put characters to that. What would they do in this situation? You know, so a lot of a lot of these things are uh, sparked by me asking a simple question to myself, and now I can ask those questions for these characters that are created. So it's mm-hmm. it's just that that love and that that constant being there, kind of watching it, and always there. It's always on my mind, kind of thing is what drew me to doing my first project on this because it it felt like home. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and you can tell. I'll bring this up as well, like uh, how how the setting is in like Erie, Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. So it just, I'm trying. It the best way to do this is not be so dramatic with it. Just stay where, uh, stay with what I know. I know Erie. Mm-hmm. I know the zombie genre. 
I, a lot, you know, I, all this <laughs> stuff, the, fa- the the family stuff and all that stuff. So it's almost like staying with what I know and making it more dramatic. Do you see what I'm saying? So that yeah, was a lot yeah. easier for me. You know, it was a lot easier to do that and kind of, and that's what makes me more confident in this project. So I'm not, I'm not going out of my element so much, especially for my first project. Not that I'm like opposed to going out of my element, but I think for my first project and to really push this, this was, this is a perfect way to do it. The way we have it all done and structured out. You're talking about the the format and stuff and how you wanted to tell Avalon. One of my favorite little questions that came up for me while reading the Kickstarter was that there was some discussion about what form of media Avalon would be. So was there like a part when you guys were talking about writing this where it wasn't going to be a comic then or... Has it always been Avalon will be a comic book? So, no. It, the original original idea was for, when it was just me thinking of these ideas, it was supposed to be a movie. And I didn't know what okay. to do with all that, so I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know what to do. And I was a kid. I, it's too hard. I threw it away. So, mm-hmm. and then obviously I met Alan, and that's when we started brainstorming all this stuff. So then the novel idea came up, because that would be probably the cheapest overall. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm a very visual person. I don't like reading a bunch of words on paper it's just it's that's too much and i can never get into it when i'm reading a book like that and part of it is because i am visual i need to see things i need to watch things and see just see pictures of you know you know very visual so then i you know i had on my desk there the issue one walking dead and i was like and i'm flipping through it i'm like we could just do this you know and alan liked it too so we were like okay we're gonna do the comic you know there's more to it we gotta look for an artist all that stuff so find a way to structure it and all that stuff. Uh, so th- then it really started to make sense more and more as we kind of were really starting to format the issue, issue, issue to issue, and then finding an artist and doing all that stuff. But it definitely was not going to be a comic, but I'm glad we went with the comic. Speaking of artists, Demetrius has... And am I pronouncing that, by the way? Is that Demetrius, yep. Demetrius, okay. Demetrius has a killer style for what you guys have put down the image of the woman in the doorway is (laughs) terrifying oh yeah and like there's like it's like a westernized junji ito kind of thing going on if you know who that is no but it it definitely knew to me (laughs) they're a super popular manga creator from japan that makes incredibly disturbing horror right up my alley yeah so (laughs) highly recommend reading it terrifying but how'd you guys come across demetrius so it was basically just trial and error uh i i would go on instagram i looked up the hashtag i believe it was comic artists comic book artist i can't i can't remember the specific hashtag i was really you know going on but i looked up a hashtag I was scrolling. I would scroll every single day. You know, I, I would look for art that I like, click the art, look at their page, like their page. I'd message them. I uh, basically tell them to run down what I wanted to do and all that stuff. So some would, some would, would ignore me. Some would give me a price that was way too much, all that stuff. So then I finally uh, stumbled across him, loved his work. Then immediately I knew he was going to be the guy when I was messaging him. He, he, such a go-getter. You know, he, he just wanted to do it. He, he loved, yeah, I could just tell he has such a love for art. He, he loves drawing. It, it's his favorite thing to do. It's a passion for it. 
he just and again with that go getter mentality, it's like this 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 is him. This has got to be him, you know, because all the other people I talked to, they did not have that same spark that I had when I was having a conversation. This was just a conversation over Instagram, you know. I just knew immediately yeah. <laughs> that he was it. He just was awesome immediately from the gate. And then he was. Uh, we we worked out on trying to get a cover page or a concept art is what it's called. I'm trying to my brain fried for a second. So he ended up doing a concept page for Avalon. Loved it. I told him basically what I wanted to see and all that stuff. He did an awesome job on it. And I was like, yep, 100%. Here you go. I'm giving you a contract here in for issue one. Then he did an awesome job with issue one and all that stuff. It was, it was just a long process. I'm very lucky to have found him and have him on this journey because he does an awesome, awesome job. And you can tell he puts in the effort. I've oh, seen... Yeah. Like I said, the level of detail, it doesn't look like an indie comic. Like, no. It looks like a big production. You can tell he puts a lot of work into it. And, like, even we're talking, like, because much like The Walking Dead, the interior, inked at least, is black and white, right? If mm-hmm. I'm correct, they're the insides, black and white paging. Yep. There's so much contrast in those and, like, you can see a couple of those pages right on the, the Kickstarter, some of the content for issue two, but the the cover art just jumps out so well. He just does a phenomenal job, like and, and even like his what we threw on the Kickstarter as well. We on, on the standard page it's the inking and when you go to the updated page you can see or the updates, you can see the finished products. We, he does a great, great job with the grayscale, with the black and white, and then the touch of red through the first 23 pages. And a uh, quick, I guess, small spoiler to kind of make our project unique. The last page of every issue is going to have that color. When you turn, when it's, it's going to be a perfect page turner for you to see that last page and you hit that, you get hit in the face with that, with that color. And he does an amazing job with the cover. Everything he does on that, on for the art, he does an amazing job. He has come up, he comes up with great ideas. And he does, and he, and he uh, gets the art done. Amazing. It's just awesome. I can't say any more good things about it. It is an awesome job. I think that comes through, too, because you guys do have a couple of reviews out here from issue one. And I am aware that there was a little bit of an event that was held for you guys. And I believe it was Titusville, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. Comic Books 101. Can you tell me about... Yeah what that experience was like. That was awesome. Uh, they're not too far from where we're at and to have them kind of do that and to have other, because we've been to other comic stores as well, and to have them kind of accept us with open arms, it was, it, it's an awesome experience, you know, and to get like the surrounding counties to kind of jump on board on our project and kind of be willing to show our stuff. It, it's, it's such an awesome thing to us. And, and it makes us feel so much better because then now we're, now we're selling in those comic stores for people around that area and, and other areas like uh, we've been to Ashtabula, Ohio, which is about an hour away from us, uh, our hometown as well, you know, so it, to have places like that kind of jump on the opportunity and allow us to kind of have an event there, it's, it's, it's an awesome experience to meet them, the owners of the buildings or the business, and then to meet the people around them. Well, like even based on it too, because like, once again, in my little bit of research, I saw some, pictures of you guys at the table signing issues and stuff like what was the what was the public reaction like to hear that there was a comic taking place so close to home for them 
I, I think it, it, it was good. I, uh, a lot of it's like, oh, you know, when we kind of explain to them that where we're from and all that stuff, like, okay. And then they kind of flip through it and all that stuff. And it just kind of, it, it kind of unfolds more. And as they get past like the, okay, this is like a real thing, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they have a real comic. It's right here in front of me. I'm, I'm holding this and flipping through it. It looks cool and all that stuff. I, th- I think it's almost like it's, I mean, this is my perception of it. It's just like, the, it, it's a good feeling to them, you know, it's to, to, uh-huh. to be around and to see, you know, they're a local person, a local creator kind of doing what they do and to have it around this area. Cause it's, I don't know if there's a lot of create creators, old, like big, big creators or whatever outside of where we're at. There are creators, but I think, I think yeah. it's just to see something like that, especially for the comic world and all that stuff where we're from. It, it's kind of like a cool thing for them. And, I know there's one other creator as well that is from the area that the area area where we're from, but same kind of noise. I think he gets. I think he gets like it's just like a cool kind of concept to know that this guy's from Erie. You know, he's he's doing this, he's doing the thing. So I think a lot of that for them, the locals, is is what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I can only imagine. I've seen a couple authors that are from my area. Granted, I'm from Niagara Falls, Canada, so we're. Yeah. A little bit, people are drawn here. Uh, I don't know why, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is that, like, I feel like it's a little bit different because people come here for some water and then they stick around. So you get these creators that show up. And then when you're in, like, these smaller areas, it's just exciting to me. Anywhere that has something that, is intrinsic or captures a piece of its identity is always very exciting. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And like, even like looking at it for, as a fan perspective, like other people as well, who are doing making creative content, it, it, it's a cool thing for me uh, looking at it from the other, other way. And I like to, every time I can, I like to support the people around me as well. It just, it's just like a cool thing. I, 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 it's a personal cool thing to me. I don't know why it is. It just, it just feels good, like to know there's other creators out there, and they're really trying to, especially around the area, like really trying to make this city something, you know. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it a little bit earlier. You guys finished backing, or are finishing backing, I guess, in a day or two from now, uh, as of recording this, and you guys have succeeded at your your funding goals. And it's all looking like things are set to go here. And I know that your turnover on issue one went over really smoothly and came up pretty quick. Yes. Your next turn, your next issue should be coming out physically. I'm going to talk physical for this bit right here. It's looking about September, which is like a real quick turnover, really. Yeah, actually, from what I understand with, with, and again, this this is very selective from what I understand. I don't know how it is standard wise for other people mm-hmm. as well, but yeah. from what I understand, it's it it is a kind of a quick turnaround. I, I've known people who uh, sold comics and they have uh, five or six issues out, and they've been doing it for like six, seven years. So it's like, wow, that's you know a comic a year basically. So yeah, or, yeah that's just to me that's crazy. I, I really am trying to do whatever we can because to really try and get this comic out as uh, as a, a timely fashion as possible. Um, obviously, what what is that? What's March to September? Six months? Yeah, so 
so six months and, and, and a real goal of ours is trying to get four issues out next year, every quarter. And that, that's something okay. that I'm really going to be pushing out, but really trying to get that done next year. That's a real goal of mine that I want to get four issues out next year. And I hope I'm, I'm confident we can do that with the plan that we have laid out uh, or like our short term goal and long term term goals. I'm, I'm confident that that can be done. It's going to yeah. take a lot of work and dedication, but uh, I'm confident it's going to happen. Do you think those are all going to go through Kickstarter or do you guys have some other ways that you're looking to try and get that to happen? So, uh, yeah, some of them, I think, I think from now on what we're going to do is exclusive Kickstarter, uh, material. Uh, so for like issue three, what I'm thinking is, is it, we're only going to be selling exclusive issue three stuff. So like, you're not going to be ever, you're not going to be able to buy that ever again. We're never going to sell it again. We're never going to have it anywhere. It's, it's only going to be exclusive to Kickstarter, like uh, okay. exclusive covers, exclusive posters, exclusive pins or whatever, whatever it might Variance be. So for stuff, issue three, yeah. So, yeah duh. so anything exclusive is what we're going to kind of really focus on for future Kickstarters. I don't think we're going to be doing it for like a, a fun because I'm pretty confident with, with a plan that we have coming up after this Kickstarter, which is really going to help. And we're thankful that it, it got funded and all that stuff with the money that we got. I think we're going to have a very good plan for getting this out there to people. So we're going to be able to make enough money and use our money uh, in, a, in a good way to kind of make sure that the next issue is getting funded without needing the assistance from a Kickstarter completely. Okay. I, I'm super into that idea Four four issues in a year is something that's super exciting. And I really hope that like the plan that you guys work, because that would be absolutely rad. Like it would be so cool to be able to hear that you guys got that many issues out in one year because you're, you're what three, a team of three right now. So, team of three. And then a, and a couple of ghost helpers that don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, a, an official team of three. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it definitely is definitely, uh, it's going to be work. Uh, I, I, we know it is, but I think again, like with the plan that we have in place, I think, I think it's going to, I think it's going to work out and, I, and I'm excited to get all this stuff out next year. Brandon, do you have a rough idea on how many issues ish or how long you want Avalon to run? Or are you just going to keep on going till you've told your story? I'm going to keep going until I run out of ideas. Basically I have a, so, so <laughs> I basically, perfect. right. Yeah. I have a basic ending right now in mind. I have, so what I found out from the writing process for me, uh, and I found this out strictly with issue one, because I've said, like I said in the past, our original draft for issue one was horrible. It was, could not believe that we were going to actually publish it. Uh, sitting back and looking at it was, <laughs> I could, it was disgusting. I, we literally have it in a binder. Uh, somewhere I have it somewhere in the house here to to make sure we remember how shitty it was. But to <laughs> to, to go through that and to be able to stretch out that original issues into like four issues that we've had that we have written out right now, it a lot it, it tells me that my idea, the beginning, middle, end is going to be stretched out even further. When I when I go through these arcs and there's I have these arcs in mind right now, um, each arc I could stretch out, you know, I could stretch out se- separate issues when I get to the detail part, issue to issue. Uh, so it's going to go on for, like I said, for as long as I can come with, come up with ideas that are actually good and uh, kind of 
are story bit driven. They're not going to be forced and all that stuff. If it, if it makes sense for the story and all that stuff, it's going to continue. But if it starts, yeah. if I start to see it kind of doing its thing, where it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. So now I'm going to start writing the end. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. it's so say if it's two arcs that lead to an end. So it's something like that. I, I, I'll, I'm pretty confident. I'll have a good understanding of when I'm like, okay, this this is kind of where it's going to kind of end, and we'll see. And you'll see how this kind of kind of happens or plays out. Yeah. You're going to play it out to its natural conclusion, which I think is probably yeah. the better way to go about it. Right. As far as the seeing the original version and then going it, you are the second comic creator on here, Sam being the other, who has told me that exact same thing. Where oh, he got back cool. his issue one and he was like, oh. <laughs> I can't, I couldn't believe, I literally, to this day, I cannot believe that we're going to publish it. It was, it's so stiff. It's so horrible. It's so everything about it was like, wow. Uh, and luckily we came to our senses and we, and we did flush it out and we, and we do have a perfect issue one right now. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to, there are little things that I'm going to be, I, I critique always. I constantly critique my work. Uh, yep. but for issue one being what issue one is, it's perfect for what it is. It, it really is. It tells the story exactly. It, it does it in a perfect way. It sets up the story. You get these characters Nice little Easter eggs in it. It has everything that you'd want in issue one for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Me just being the person I am, but there are little things that kind of hurt me, but it's definitely good for what it is. Now, do you think it coming out that way was partially because you guys were so excited to have it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think. I think it was for a long time. I mean, the reason we kind of went with it and kind of rolled with it was because we're so. At that point, we knew we messed up with the issue one because the final copy is the third draft. So mm-hmm. we did two two drafts before, it, and we finally got the third draft, and that that's the one that you see. Um, so I think seeing issue one, Alan and I, the first original one, the first draft, it allowed us to go. No, we really have to critique our work, and we really took our time after that one. So we we were confident with what we had at the time. I, I think it's more or less me just being me and I'm, and I'm constantly just trying to be better whenever I can and see little things. And I, you know, just trying, just being hard on myself and maybe I shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but it's it just me being me and my nature and all that stuff. So I don't know if it's like a real thing that other people think, if it's not like, it's just like an okay issue. I think it's a great issue for what it is, but I do think for me being me, I, I there's always something to learn and there's always something that I need to do better. I think a lot of people can take something away from that, though, because there are a lot of people who are listening here who will kind of they'll either rush and put something out that's incomplete, or they'll jump the gun and release something that they're not totally happy with. So hearing that you guys had the foresight to stop and actually take a good look at it and ensure that it was something you were satisfied with can only be beneficial to Avalon as an IP in general. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that you don't want to overlook because we almost did it and good thing we caught it. Cause it, I don't, it would have been bad. Um, so it, it is definitely, it is something, just take your time. And it's, it does get exciting at moments. Uh, I know I've gotten very excited at moments, especially when you start seeing it and, you know, the, the panels come to life and all that stuff. So, but just try to keep that feeling bottled up for a little bit longer to make sure you do have a great product that you are releasing, not, not a rushed product. Cause, cause everybody can have good ideas. It, it's not about the good ideas that bring the story to life. It's, it's how you 
where you put those good ideas and how you tell the story overall. Uh, that's the most important part of the whole journey. So you want to make sure all that stuff is where it needs to be. Speaking of telling stories and themes, there is a lot that's gone into Avalon. What are some of the themes that you're really excited to explore throughout this comic? But you're saying like, kind of like, uh, like, like the, the thriller kind ones, of like the thriller, which, what, what are some things that you want to see happen or like looked at? I should say. Yeah. Just like you've kind of said that, you know, family bond and how they get through their problems, uh, each character and their, and their prior issues, because a lot of these characters have their prior issues that you're not going to get immediately. You're going to tell they're there, but watching it all unfold and watching them, how they deal with their issues on top of all this that's going on. You know, and, and one thing that I've been excited about and I've been kind of promoting on our social medias is uh, this, Alan said this originally, uh, he said it best, is this comic does have a little bit of something for everybody. It has its thriller aspects, it has its, its horror aspects, it has its, uh, it, you know, action aspects, it has its noir kind of feelings as well. And, and mm-hmm. as time goes on and as I'm starting to get, uh, so right now I'm kind of, like I said, I'm working on the second arc. And it leads into the third arc very well. Uh, that third arc is you're going to see a lot of noir kind of stuff. And I've, I've had reviews that people said the issue one kind of holds that kind of uh, that feel to it as well. And that, it's exciting to me because I like that kind of thing. And especially throwing it into this kind of genre, not heavy. You're not, it's not a noir zombie apocalypse, but, it, but there's elements of it. You know, you get pieces of it and, it and it holds like that. Like it's, it's just like a cool kind of like, it's playing a part in there. Not, it's not like the whole thing, but to watch all that kind of, kind of come to life as well. I, I, I'm excited for people to see how it all kind of unfolds and how these characters kind of deal with their problems. Because as you get to know these characters more and more, it's, it, it, they get exciting and they get uh, a lot of stuff thrown at them for sure. They're not, they're not going to be living easy lives with me writing it. <laughs> Honestly, to me, it's, it's a little surprising that I can't think of a single noir zombie thing because like you're catching elements, but I can't think of anything that really was leans into that. So even just having that as a piece is something to be excited about. Yeah. It's definitely not something I want to like focus the story on, but it is something that I want to kind of sprinkle on there. Kind of like putting a pepper on the steak. You know what I mean? It's not the whole steak, but, but, but you're adding the little seasoning to it. So I think it's, it's definitely going to be very, very cool. The, the idea, I'm excited to get the idea on paper. I'm not there yet, but the idea I have for the whole noir kind of feeling to it. And I'm, and I have somebody on standby to kind of help me and make sure I stay on the tracks and making it a good, story rather than just forcing kind of this element into it. I have, I have somebody on standby for when I get to that area and kind of make sure I'm on the tracks properly and make sure it's a, a, like I said, a good telling of it, not me just forcing it in there. Yeah. And, and that's another thing in itself though, that, that I really want to give credit to the people around me. I don't, I don't want to take credit when I have, a, I have a team around me. I have a lot of wild ideas. I have this, you know, this goal, but the, the team I have around me, they do an awesome job to kind of keep me on the tracks and not get blown off. You know, everybody yeah, has their part in this project. Yeah, I, I think that's very important. Brandon, we are starting to run short on time, but I got a couple more questions for you just before we finish up here. 
Okay. So one question I like to ask every single creator who comes on the show is a little bit about, it's for the people who are listening to this to create their own stuff. So what advice can you give to a creator who's just starting out? Maybe they're looking to make their own comic book and they don't really know what to like, they don't really know where to start. Uh, so basically the, the first form of advice I would kind of get at is this, if you have an idea, you have a, you have a creative kind of story in your head that you want to get out. And especially if you want to make it a comic, it, it's definitely possible. Uh, there's, it's not going to be easy. Uh, nothing actually is easy. I mean, just you going to doing a, you know, I guess your normal work job or whatever is not even easy. So why do you think this would be easy? It just, it just being dedicated. You need to love it. You need to want to go through the obstacles because not everything's going to go the way it's supposed to go. Actually, more things are going to go wrong than actually right. <laughs> so it just, just keep, you know, grinding really make sure you uh, get this down structurally and all that stuff. Just watch like what I did. I, I watched YouTube videos. I bought, I I bought a book, you know, kind of like writing comic books, which I didn't really find. It helped the format process, but the part that helped me the most was simply writing the story and understanding what I want, you know, because you have the ideas, but you need to really understand the ideas that you have. You need to really believe it and you really need to know what you have on paper and see it and being very organized. But the the YouTube videos and the comic book, like writing how to write a comic book kind of books, they help format wise. But at the end of the day, you, you just need to write and understand your project more and more and having a perfect relationship with your artist too. You know, that's important as well. Yeah. I kind of answered a bunch of different things there, but yeah. No, that's totally fair because that's all super valid advice and really important, especially for a comic. Part of a comic is having good art. And if you can't stand your artist, you probably shouldn't work with that artist. No, no. And I, I, th <laughs> I think that's just it though too, is don't, don't be it. I don't know. Depending on how you are. I don't know. I, in the beginning, I was like very strict on what I wanted my artwork to look like and how I wanted panels to be laid out. But yeah, after issue one, you know, after I, you know, we, our relationship kind of built me and the artist, like a lot of that is kind of pushed aside. He, d he does a lot of ideas. You know, I, ha I give him a script and he, he kind of reads it. He reads it as a fan first. Then he reads it as uh you know, as, as the artist and he figures out what he wants. And then he hits me with these ideas that he think would look cool. And uh, most of the times lately I'm like, yeah, go for it. I love it. You know, good idea. You know, uh, <laughs> so he, 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 yeah, <laughs> trust the artist. Cause it's, it's, it, that's what I've told him too. It's like, it's, you're the artist. I trust you in your work. You do, you do you at this point, you know, he's gotten that trust from me for sure. That's excellent advice. I think that's a really strong place to start for a comic writer. Brandon, where can people find out more about you and Avalon? Uh, you can find us on basically any social media platform right now, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're on Redbubble as well, where you can kind of get just random. If you don't know what Redbubble is, you can get like random stuff with our art on it. Um, uh, we're on Shopify as well. You can buy our issue one on Shopify, avaloncomic.myshopify.com. Uh to kind of elaborate on the points of social media is if you see us on any social media platform, we always have a link tree tagged on our uh, social media. So you'll be able to get all of our social medias off of there. Um, so basically that's where you'd be able to find us everywhere. As always audience, those links are going to be in the description down below. Go check out Avalon. It's 
it's fucking cool. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> and like there there's just something about it. I I'm a huge fan of horror. I love the concept of exploring a family relationship throughout an infection story. I think that is super unique and has so much potential to be really cool. So go take a look at Avalon and just get in there. Talk to Brandon, talk to Alan, ask them some questions. I know that they're pretty active on their socials as well. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me this week. It was absolutely awesome having you here. Thank you very much for having me. This is an awesome experience. I enjoyed this. I really did. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did. And audience, thank you so much for joining us as well. Brandon and Avalon, issue two is scheduled to launch very soon. So go out there, get on Shopify, go and get the digital copy. And yeah, they're scheduled to launch soon. So go and support them. Until next week, though, take care of yourselves. Have a good one. I'll see you then. Bye. See ya. Thank you so much to Brandon for joining us on the show this week. Avalon is an incredibly cool comic with some of the most visually stunning art I have ever seen in the horror genre. It's super high quality and you should be on the lookout for it. As stated, issue two is already fully funded, but with 2023 rapidly approaching, we should get ready to see some more issues getting ready to go live on Kickstarter soon. Go follow Avalon on Twitter for more updates on this project. And audience, thank you so much for listening. We have hit past that 1800 download count, which is so exciting for me. I know we had a bit of a change up on guests this week, and some of you are expecting to hear from someone else, but that's okay. We'll be hearing from them real soon, as well as some other really exciting updates from me and about the show. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more from indie creators, then let me know somewhere on the internet, be it on Twitter or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. These things really do help the show grow, and honestly, they are a huge driving force that keeps me wanting to do the show and making sure that I can get more people on to talk about stuff. Next week, we have another very cool project that is currently live on Kickstarter to talk about, so don't miss that. Until then, though, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye!